0: <clears throat> <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 12 uh, this morning I uh, told you that we would be having a two-part sermon uh, and uh, tonight is part part B of that but th- there are a few of you that were not here this morning so let me kind of give you a quick overview of the of the sermon this morning <clears throat> the title of the message is just simply moving on Um and if we are going to finish the course that God gives us, uh, Paul addresses it in Second Timothy chapter four, in verses six and seven. <clears throat> it says, "For I am now ready to be offered, and my time—excuse uh, me—and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, and I have kept the faith." And we talked this morning. Uh, about the fact that God gives us a course. He doesn't just send us out into life and let us randomly wander through life, um, hopelessly, bouncing around from problem to problem. He has a course. And within that course are obstacles that he brings our way. It is just a uh, it is just a part of life. And we, <clears throat> this morning we talked about one of the three principles that we see here in Hebrews chapter 12. Um, the first principle that we talked about was preparing for the race. Within this idea of preparing for the race, there are two important things that we need to consider. The first of those was to remove the hindrances. Well, before, we, before I go any further, let's go ahead and read uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which thus so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that is set down, or excuse me, set before him uh, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now one of the things that I, I want to talk about, I, I, I should have talked about this this morning. I didn't really cover it as well as I, as I, as I think I should have. But oftentimes when we read verse 1, we read this these, these two important things that we need to consider in the preparation. And that is the first one, uh, it says, let us lay aside every weight and sin. And oftentimes we think of those two things as one, when in reality they are two separate things. And uh, we did talk about that, uh, the, the, the two separate things this morning, but the fact is oftentimes we tend to group them into one, and, and it's not. It is two separate things. So the first one I want to talk about is removing the hindrances. Uh, letter A, under point one, uh, uh, if you were to uh, uh, put on a, 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 an Olympic event, Uh, on your television and you were to turn it on, uh, you would see people within the the gymnasium or the arena or whatever the the venue, more than likely before their event, you will see them in warm-up suits. And prior to their event, what do they do? They peel their 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 warm-up suits well back in the day when paul wrote this it was no different the only difference was they would wear robes and different things like that prior to the event they would shed everything that was not necessary in order to run the race to the to their fullest so the 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 question is what is a hindrance in our lives See, a hindrance is something that, for me, it might be something. And for you, you might look at that and think, I I don't have a problem with that. See, a hindrance can be something that pulls me down, but not necessarily you down. It's not necessarily a sin. It's not necessarily a bad thing. Now, one of the, uh, uh, let let me give you an example. I was given for my birthday a puzzle. I I love puzzles. I I love to work with puzzles. And one of the problems, though, with, with me and puzzles is I get so locked in on them, my wife can be downstairs because I usually do it upstairs. I can be upstairs working on a puzzle. She can be downstairs hollering at me and I am so locked in on what I'm doing I, I don't hear her. See, it can be it can be a a, a a hindrance to our relationship. Puzzles aren't bad, but they can become a problem in our relationship because because when I'm doing a puzzle, oftentimes I ignore my wife. The same thing happens in the spiritual world. We can have things in our lives that we do that are not necessarily bad, but if they cause us to have less fellowship with God then they're a bad thing. So, hindrances are not necessarily uh, sinful. They, they just are something that it is in our lives that causes us to drift away from God, thus becoming a bad thing. So, Paul says <clears throat> here that we are to lay aside every weight Everything that's going to d- detour my walk with God, I need to lay aside. Ephesians chapter four and verses twenty two and twenty three that ye put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and by the renewing uh, excuse me, and by the renewed and excuse, <laughs> Boy, I'm I'm trying to read too fast. I'm sorry. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So letter A, remove hindrances. And then letter B, remove sin. Uh, Again, going back to our verse here, uh, let us lay aside every weight and sin. The reality is that each of us has sin in our lives that we need to put away. That sin... Is a stumbling block in our ability to walk with God, and He wants us to put it away. <clears throat> I I talked about this this morning. Uh, I have found primarily four sins that most people deal with uh, on a, on a pretty regular basis. Um, the first one is pride. Pride is pretty self-explanatory. Uh, if you don't understand pride, um, then come and talk to me. I guess I'll explain it. But I kind of think everybody knows what pride is. Uh, God hates it, and He wants us to put it away from our lives. <clears throat> uh, discouragement is something that can come into our lives very easily, I, uh, you know, particularly with uh, COVID and, and some of the lockdowns and, and the things that are going on in our world today. Uh, this is something that a lot of people are dealing with that normally don't deal with discouragement. But when you are uh, in an environment that, like we are in now, a lot of things are um, uh, exaggerated or blown out of proportion, and so depression and discouragement is is skyrocketing within our society today. Matthew chapter fourteen. <clears throat> uh, uh, I talked about it this morning uh, I, I, I'm not going to read it for time's sake but Peter uh, uh, Jesus came to them walking on the water in the midst of a storm They were uh, the disciples were in a, in, a, in a boat and Jesus was walking up they see him they thought he was a, a spirit they figured out it was Jesus Peter says hey can I come out uh, can I, can I walk on the water too? And Jesus said, come on. And, and so what does Peter do? Peter jumps out of the boat and he starts walking on the water. And then all of a sudden he takes his eyes off of Jesus and he puts it on the circumstances around him and the storm that was raging around him. And he started to sink and what, and and simply put, Peter lost his focus. That's our theme this year, It's focus on God. and P- Peter Peter lost his focus. So what it what happened as soon as Peter uh, lost his focus? He, he began to sink. And, and I love I love what Jesus did. Jesus just reached down and grabbed him. He didn't chew him out. He didn't call him an idiot. you know why 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 can't you concentrate? You don't know no, what no, he just pulls him out of the water. The next one that I talked about this morning was procrastination. Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 26 As vinegar to the teeth and as smoke to the eyes, so is the sluggard to them that's, that, that send him. And we talked about the statistic that <clears throat> 25% of people that make New Year's resolutions don't keep them for a week. Uh, <laughs> I, I, that to me is a staggering statistic, but it's true. And we as Christians, we do the same thing. And then unbelief is the last one that most people struggle with. This is, this is a sin that more people struggle with than really want to admit that they struggle with it. Warren Wiersbe put it this way, it was unbelief that kept Israel out of the Promised Land. And it is uh, unbelief that hinders us from entering into spiritual uh, inheritance with Christ. The phrase by faith or through faith is used 21 times in Hebrews chapter 11, indicating that it is faith in Christ that enables us to endure. Just the chapter right before the chapter that we're in, 21 times. And Paul uses the phrase, by faith or through faith. And then this morning I read one of my favorite verses. <clears throat> Mark chapter 9, verse 24. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. There's not a one of us in here that does not struggle with our faith from time to time. And I I I appreciated the man when he was speaking to Jesus, saying, Look, I believe, but my faith I need I need stronger faith. So number one, preparing for the race. And Preparing, if we don't prepare for the race, then the other two points won't matter. So, point number two, the pace of the race. The pace of the race. Verse number one says, Let us lay aside every weight and sin which just so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Now, i want to I want to bring out a couple of things here because I, I, I really think this is important. <clears throat> the course of the race is determined by who. Got it, okay? Okay? It's his course that we're running. It's not our course. It's his course. So he determines the course, and he also determines the pace of the that we are to run. And we are to run with patience. Oftentimes, and again, I I I, I ran a little bit in <clears throat> in uh in high school. I, I was never I was never an athlete, but I, I, I ran a little bit just for fun. Because I had a friend who was uh, on the track team, so I, I would go out and run with him and different things. But I I was always way too slow. I was more of a of a long distance runner than a than a sprint runner. So my my buddy <clears throat> talked me into going to a track meet. Uh, it was kind of a uh, anybody could enter kind of track meet. It was just something that they would do. Uh, a bunch of these athletes would get together and they would run just to stay. In practice, out of seat when it wasn't the season, does that make sense? So anyway, he, <clears throat> we're gonna we're gonna run a a, a 440. It, I know they do everything in metrics now, are in meters, but it was a 440 was half half of the um, the track, and <clears throat> we're standing at the starting at the starting line, and <clears throat> my buddy looks over at me and he says now. Start out slow, and then when you hit about the two twenty or you know the quarter way mark, he says then you kick it in into full speed. well i'm a I'm a mile plus runner, okay? What do you think slow is? It's a lot slower than somebody who's used to running the hundred yard dash. So I, I said, okay, i they were finishing before I got to the 220 mark. Because, I I mean, I started slow. See, what was the problem? The problem was, I didn't understand the pace of the race. And oftentimes, we as believers misunderstand the pace of the race. In fact, I didn't even finish the race. I got to the half, I got to the... 20 mark and they were all finished I just stopped and walked away and just totally embarrassed my point is this I've got a picture for you <clears throat> have, have you all ever seen one of these this is this is a what they call a staggered start do, do you know why they stagger start okay because of the curvature of the track, if if everybody started on a straight line, then the guys on the outside would have to run further. Does that make sense? So by staggering, everybody runs the exact distance. Now the finish line, by the time they get around to the finish line, the finish line is, is a straight line. Have you ever watched one of these races? It's, it's, it's hard to know... Who's in the lead? Because they're all running at a different at a different point, I guess you'd say. And it, it's not until they get close to the finish line that you can actually determine who's leading. The reason I wanted to point this out to you is, <clears throat> even though all of these racers, are running the same race. They're not running in the same lane. And way too often, we forget we are all running the same race. But I'm running in a different lane than you are. Now, what do you think would happen if one of these runners looks over to his right or to his left and he compares his pace with the person to his right or, or and his left. Do you think it would mess up his timing? Absolutely, it would. And 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 the, the mistake that a lot of Christians make is they fail to realize we're all in the race together. We're just running in separate lanes. And we want to compare our race with other people. And not only is that never a good idea, but the Bible tells us not to do that. When we compare ourselves to other people, it's not a fair comparison because we're running in separate lanes for one thing. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, in verse 12, it says, For we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. And if you are honest, more than likely, you do that very same thing. It is natural for an athlete as they are coming around the, the corner and they're, everything's starting to straighten out and you can see the finish line, <clears throat> everything is still askew. The distances and all of the, the e- equality of the race doesn't start to come in the, into play until really the last few yards of the race. And way too often... We compare ourselves with with other Christians. And we do one of two things. We compare ourselves and we say, whoa, look at that. I I am so much more spiritual than that person because my life has X, Y, and Z in it. Shame on you. Or we do it the other way and we look at it and we we see someone's life and we say, whoa, I'll never be able to be like that. Shame, shame, shame. See, we are to run the race, the course that God has given us with patience. I need to go back. I forgot to tell you um, what the word patience means. I lost it. I'm I totally... Anyway, anyway, uh, I I totally lost my place here. That's okay. To run with patience. James chapter 1 and verses 2 to 4 says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. See, it's the obstacles that God puts in our way that strengthens us. And and it's those obstacles that we should be thankful for. But way too often, it's those obstacles that we, as we encounter them, we, we think, okay, God, I don't want to go through, take these obstacles away. And God is up there in heaven saying, "No, that's the very thing that you need." Back in the days of the Grecians and the and the Athens and all the the original Olympic games and all that, <clears throat> the games were used to to honor the Grecian gods. One such game was the torch race. A race uh, of a torchbearer ran at night to honor, uh, I can't even say it, some weird fire god that they had. Okay, you can look it up. Um, <clears throat> the starting point was a mile and a half outside the city. The winner was not necessarily the first runner who reached the finish line. The winner... Was the runner who reached the finish line with his torch still burning? See, that is learning how to run with patience. Patience literally means, I found it finally. Patience literally means a steady endurance. I don't know if it's still a, a, um, athletic, uh, an Olympic sport. It was when I was a kid because I used to watch them and think, that's silly. But have you ever seen the guys that, that were uh, speed walkers? <clears throat> it, it, it was. It was an Olympic sport. Uh, these, guys, these guys would, and it was a walk, but they, they, they had to walk in such a way that their one foot could not leave the ground until the other foot was touching so they couldn't run. It was a it was a fast pace. and they, and they, boy, those guys would walk f- this funny little thing. <clears throat> and, and I used to I used to watch that as a kid thinking, "Whoa, that's weird." <laughs> but, but it's, it, it is very similar to what I'm talking about tonight. Patience. See, our the, the, the course that God has set for us is a course that is special for us. Each and every one of us. And we are to run it with patience. And then number three, <clears throat> and then we'll be done, and we're, we're going to finish early tonight, I think. Number three, the objective of our race. See, if we don't have an objective, then what's the point of running? Let's read it again. Hebrews chapter 12 verses 1 and 2. Wherefore seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses let us run uh, excuse me let us lay aside every weight and sin that thus easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us looking unto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross Despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Too often, we run the race with the wrong objective. We run the race to please other people, we run the race to make a name for ourselves. We run the race to, I don't know, make ourselves look good. But see, that's not what pleases God. Our motivations need to be in the right place. If we run our if we run our race to please other people I, I'm here to tell you that people will let you down. People are going to let you down thirty nine years of marriage, my wife has never let me down, but I've let her down many times. I mean that. <laughs> See, people are going to do that. But if we we run our race focused on Jesus Christ, He'll never let us down. He'll never let us down. Looking. The The word looking there literally means to fix your eyes upon something. This morning I gave an illustration of the first time I ran... A cross-country race when I was about nine or ten, maybe eleven. The 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 guy at the city park there in L.A. Uh, showed us on a map the course that we were going to run. But then he said this. He said he said that the, the main thing is just keep your eyes on me because I'm going to be in a golf cart in front of you driving the course. So all I had to do. as a a runner in the race, was to keep my eyes on the golf cart. And as long as I went where it went, then I was going to be okay. And really, is that not what Paul's telling us? Looking unto Jesus. Focus on Jesus Christ. And if we will focus on Jesus Christ, then We don't have the problem of comparing ourselves with other people. All we have to do is stay focused on Jesus Christ. In Jeremiah, uh, or not in Jeremiah, but Jeremiah wrote the book of Lamentations, and and he said this, Mine eye affecteth my heart. Now, I want you to think about this. My eye affected my heart. Now I'm going to read you a story here in Mark chapter five. Verses two and following. It says, And when he was come up out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tomb a man with an unclean spirit. Anybody know that, that what we who we call this man? Okay, the demoniac the, the of Gadarene. Gadarene or something like that. The Gadarene, anyway. So, anyway, I, I, <clears throat> so uh, it goes on. It says, uh, uh, who, had, who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him? No, not the chains, because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken pieces neither could any man tame him and always excuse me and always night and day he was in the mountains and in the tombs crying and cutting himself with stone and verse 6 please get verse 6 but when he saw jesus afar off he ran and worshiped him The eye affecteth the heart. The eye affecteth the heart. See, well, let me ask you. Let me stop and ask a question here. Why is focusing on Christ so important? Anybody? Because, yeah, there's distractions everywhere. He's our example. example. See, we can get so preoccupied by all the peripheral things, we never accomplish the course that God has given us to run. But if we will keep our eyes on Christ, or we'll just keep our eyes on the golf cart, so to speak, we can run the race and not get lost. And I talked about again this morning there there were obstacles along the way. It was it was it was not a smooth a smooth course that I had to run. But as long as I kept my eye on the golf cart, I was okay. I came across this story. I just thought it was Interesting, so I I thought I'd share it with you. In 1992, a Los Angeles County parking control officer saw a Cadillac that was illegally parked. The officer ignored the man sitting in the driver's seat and, after writing a ticket, reached through the window and placed the ticket on the dashboard. What was even more remarkable was the driver was dead. He had been shot in the head several hours earlier and was slumped down with blood on his face and the officer was so preoccupied he didn't even notice. You think, that, 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 that's crazy, that's impossible. No, it's possible. And we do the, the exact same thing. We are surrounded by people. We are surrounded by people that are blind spiritually. And we go we go through life preoccupied with all of this the stuff of life and we never take time to realize their condition. Acts chapter 26 verse 18. Paul was standing before King Agrippa. And he was telling King Agrippa why he had to preach the gospel. In Acts chapter 26, verse 18, it says, "...to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light from the power of Satan unto God that they may receive forgiveness of sin and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me." It was at that time King Agrippa looked at Paul and he said, "Almost, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian." Probably the saddest verse in all the Scripture. "Almost thou persuadest me," and we ha- we are surrounded by people that are walking around in darkness. Spiritually, they're dead but we are so consumed and preoccupied with the things around us we 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 fail often to share the gospel in this verse verse 2 Jesus is referred to as the author the author it, it literally means the word author there literally means to map a course he is the person who maps the course for us he is the author he is the one who 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 draws out the course for us to run isn't it isn't it awesome to know that you have a course to run that Jesus Christ himself has authored Specifically for you. That to me is an overwhelming thing to comprehend. And then it says that he, <clears throat> well, let me let me read this. First uh, Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain. In the Lord. And then He's called the finisher, the author and the finisher. The word finisher there literally means to be the perfecter or the or the 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 not not perfector in the sense that he's going to make you perfect, but that he's going to complete you. So he, he has authored your course. He has set your course that you are supposed to run with patience. So that he can perfect you, so that he can finish you, that he can complete you. What an incredible picture for us. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6 being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Let me ask you a question, and, and we're, we're almost on here. Who or what are you focused on tonight? Who or what are you focused on? It, it, is, it is so easy. In, in, normal, in normal times, it is so easy to be distracted by all the things in the world. But now it's even, it's even easier to be distracted with all the craziness that's going on. Who or what are you focused on? I have a video that I I, I, I showed it this morning. I want to show it again. Uh, I want to show it again here. That I think kind of helps sum up what I'm trying to say. And I meant to say this this morning, but at the very beginning, there's, there's a calendar on the refrigerator. I want you to look at the date on the calendar because it helps put the whole video into perspective. So let's go ahead and watch this video.